0: Welcome to Running the Bases, I am Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, how are you good, sir? Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, all right. Uh, a day that we have long hoped for came to pass this week. Frank Wren is no longer the Braves' GM. How did you celebrate?
1: <laughs> we don't want to go
0: in how I celebrated, <laughs> but
1: uh, the uh, I think it is a positive thing for the Braves.
0: Do you want the next, uh, well first, do you think Freddie should go as well?
1: I think I'm not as anti-Freddy as I am anti-Frank Wren. Uh, I think that is pretty much the decision of the next general manager because they're the two that will have to work together. I do know that Bobby's in his corner.
0: Yeah. Um, Do you think that the next general manager, the next direction of the Braves should stick with the— the the Bobby Cox, John Sherholtz, quote-unquote, Braves way from the 90s, or would you like to see a brand-new direction?
1: They've already started to go with a brand-new direction. Uh, all of this uh, signing of our young talent to long-term contracts uh, that they did this summer, or this last summer, that was, or I mean this last winter, uh, that was a real John Hart kind of thing to do.
0: Yeah, and and really those those signings are still pretty solid considering, you know Tehran's had a great year. They um, are the
1: people that I would have signed as well. I I applaud them on that.
0: Yeah, and it, you know if we get in a spot, we Kimbrell as long as he stays at the level that he's at is good trade material should we need to. So I would have to agree with that. Um, coming up on the last five five games of or four games now of Derek Jeter's career, how are you remembering Jeter? Um, and would you uh, think of him differently if he played in the National League against us, our local Braves team? Uh,
1: I I can't even envision him as anything but a Yankee. Uh, so uh, the second question is kind of moot. Uh, how I will – the first thing I think of uh, with Derek Jeter are these uh, – Party bags, or these things that he gives away to guests at his condo, uh, the uh,
0: and are these a particular type of guest, or just anybody who drops by? I,
1: I think it's more guests of the amorous type, but I, you know, I, I don't know. I, you know, uh, still that to me, uh, that's the first thing I think of with Jeter. Then I think of that play uh, where he. In a playoff, where he's running across the infield, came out of nowhere, making some sort of uh, the game against Oakland. Yeah, I on it was 2001. in two
0: thousand one. Yeah, yeah, that was a great play. He's, he's had several, although a lot of people are arguing with all these, you know, m- mind numbing saber metrics that he was a horrible defender. But you know, he didn't
1: have much range there toward the end.
0: Yeah, and he never had much range to his left. You know, he, he, he he customized going, going deep into the hole and, uh, left field and doing that jump throw, but yeah. Cal Ripken didn't have a lot of range, but he knew where to place himself. Yeah, that's true. So, well, all right. Well, tonight we're talking about a man that you're quite fond of and is, uh, uh, known not only in baseball circles, but in just American, uh, would you say folklore or, um, well, anyway, Talking about Mo Berg, batch up, backup catcher and international man of mystery. Coach, what can you tell us about Mo Berg?
1: Oh, I can tell you a lot of things, uh, but at, or well, let's start I with you, a, I can tell you a, a lot of beliefs about Mo Berg, but nobody's really certain about his actual story. I, I do know that. Late in his life, uh, he finally commissioned somebody to do a biography of him. But when the guy, and somebody kind of famous, I don't know who it was, but this guy came to him thinking that he was Mo Howard of the Three Stooges. And then Mo (laughs) Berg said, forget it. And that was it. So we don't know everything. There's so much about Mo Berg that is just speculation.
0: Yeah, well, for those who don't know and haven't read the great book, The Catcher Was a Spy, Mo Berg was a backup catcher for 15 years. Um, He played for five different teams, including the Red Sox and the Yankees, but is more well-known for uh, being a Princeton graduate, uh, being able to speak, uh, it's debatable, six, maybe eight different languages. Maybe 12. Maybe 12. uh, 16 different degrees, um, university degrees. And he is considered the greatest American spy ever. How did he do it? Partially because he was a great
1: linguist. Um, There is one... Let let me give you one story. When uh, he went on two of... I mean, and probably his greatest fame comes from these two barnstorming tours... That he made in Japan. Uh, the first one really wasn't a barnstorming tour. He went with Ted Lyons, uh, the Hall of Fame pitcher for the White Sox. Uh, somebody else. I, I think I want to say Ted Willis, uh, but I'm not. I don't think that's who it was. Uh, the three of them went to Japan as kind of a uh, a training mission, uh, mission, where they went around to different ball clubs and instructed them on. Uh, catching and pitching and whatnot. Uh, the next year, he goes in Babe Ruth's famous uh, barnstorming tour all over Japan. Now, this was Babe Ruth and Jimmy Fox and Al Simmons and you know all the great heroes of the twenties and thirties. Uh, Mo Luke, Berg, uh, Lou Gehrig as well, right? Yeah, all right. Uh, Mo Berg is there because nobody figured out. Uh, Mo Berg if- never played. He played in the major leagues for 15 years, uh, partially because Joe Cronin was very superstitious uh, and liked being surrounded by people that weren't exactly baseball men all the time, uh, because he was. And Mo Berg certainly was not. Uh, Mo Berg was a very unusual uh, individual. Uh, Mo Berg's would bat 30 times a year. He would play less than anybody in the major leagues year after year after year after year. Uh, nobody, he was said to be a very good defensive catcher by all sorts of hall of fame pitchers, uh, had a a real good arm. Uh, the, uh, I know Casey Singles said, you may be able to speak 12 languages, but you can't hit in any of them. Yep. <laughs> uh, the uh, I mean, he uh, and a, a lot of his teammates said that uh, he was lazy or whatnot because he didn't want to necessarily play any more than he did. He just liked being on
0: baseball teams. Uh when it, did he uh when when is it said that he developed uh, like how long had he been playing baseball in his life like when did he start and you know well, did,
1: he was uh in, in many ways uh I mean I think he graduated from Princeton in 25 and was said to be the greatest Princeton ball player of all time
0: So uh, he was on that level in a college and like was, an Ivy, he, Ivy he, was League. A, he was a good ball player
1: You don't stay in major leagues for 15 years you know, uh particularly at that time and there are only eight teams in each league. I mean he had to have some ability. Uh Cronin makes him a, a coach later on. But let me go back to the St. Louis or I mean to the Japanese story. He goes to Japan, he's there with this this barnstorming tour, and if he doesn't show up at a particular game, nobody's really concerned because he never played anyway. Yeah. All right. Now Japan has this terrible secrecy. Thing at this time nobody could film anything nobody could take pictures of anything Babe Ruth was questioned about taking pictures but Mo Berg was given a 16 millimeter camera by Movie Tone uh, magazine or Movie Tone uh, film clips or whatever you used to yeah. see those at, before movies they were like the newsreel things and the uh, he took films all over uh, their tour however one day when uh I forget the city they were playing, and Mo Mo wasn't there, and he had stayed in Tokyo, and bought a kimono and gete, those or gita the those little shoes that they have and everything. Combed his hair back, parted it down the middle. Even though he's six one, and this burly guy, and passes himself off as Japanese. Goes to a hospital where the. Ambassador's daughter is giving uh, The uh, United States ambassador's daughter is giving birth with the pretext of going to visit her there. But he brings flowers as though he's a Japanese delivery man. How he's able to get through with all this being 6'1 in Japan <laughs> is pretty amazing. But his language skills do get him. He gets up to a fifth floor, then goes through this uh, tunnel, goes uh, eventually into a bell tower, where there is this latticed uh, fence around the outside and uses his uh, bell and Howell camera and takes the only films that we have of the shipyards, the military uh, complex, and everything there is in Japan. It's the highest point in uh Japanese architecture. These films, uh, the films that he took there were used by Doolittle uh, in his raid on Japan were supposedly used later on in the dropping of the big ones uh, in both Tokyo and uh, Nawasaki. Uh, he, uh, and then the next day he shows up back at the ballpark and nobody ever noticed him because he was like, nobody really paid attention to him. He was just this intellectual fool that traveled around with a team uh he later is the person who makes the American differentiation between tito and
0: um and i i'm milosevic uh, is it the same guy um what uh, uh what figure in history what what territory milosevic is serbia but that 's later on that 's well yeah uh, yeah i think this yeah. is,
1: i think somebody with a similar name but uh, at any rate, he was the American that recognized that Tito probably was going to run there, even though he was a Croatian communist. Uh, he is a spy in Berlin, uh, a Jew going to Berlin in '43, spying for the United States. Not the easiest position of all time. He's spying throughout Italy, spent a lot of times in Florence and just everywhere.
0: Now, all these times when he's in uh, these countries, is he... Uh, posing and getting through the borders as a catcher? No. What were some of his other disguises?
1: Uh, A... uh, A psycho... uh, Or a... uh, An idiot? He (laughs) traveled as a... uh, kind of like a, a savant, uh, you know, a natural. Uh, you know, but being uh,
0: able to speak their language.
1: Yes. I mean, he got, I mean, he often, he passed himself off as a German, as a Yugoslavian, as an Italian, as, a, uh, as being Japanese. Uh, I mean, how you could pass your, the language or the linguistic differences between Japanese and German are pretty severe. Uh, I, would,
0: I would have to agree.
1: Now, uh, in the book that you refer to, uh, The Catch Was a Spy, uh, a lot of people think of Mo Berg as a fraud. Uh, and I, I do think he looked at life a little in, in a bizarre manner, uh, to say the least. Uh, but he did graduate summa cum laude from Princeton. He does uh get a degree at the Sorbonne in linguistics uh in Paris. Uh he gets a law degree from Columbia. You don't do this with mirrors. Uh I mean he um I he's on a talk show called Information Please, a radio talk show, uh early in his baseball career. Uh and during the time there were two shows, uh One was Truth or Consequences, one was Information, Please. Uh, Truth or Consequences was all this slapstick kind of stuff. Uh, But Information, Please was kind of like uh, Jeopardy on steroids. Uh, The questions were very difficult. Uh, And the uh, first show, he just... Motors through them, I mean all these questions about ancient arabic uh aramaic uh geography philosophy linguistics he's you know just uh very impressive uh after the show uh Judge Kennesaw landis talks about uh how you've done more for baseball than I ever did blah blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> the um, I don't think judge landis ever did anything for baseball uh
0: but first commissioner though. He was the first something and set up
1: uh, the white barrier, you know, not allowing black people and kept black people out of baseball for years. That was Uh, detrimental. Yeah, I think so. Uh, (laughs) The uh, but at any rate, uh, he goes back the next year, and he always said that he uh, wasn't going to ask answer questions that either had uh, that were personal or had to do with law. Now, why a lawyer, I mean, and then he's, but the third time he's on the show, they ask him a couple of personal questions and he just doesn't answer and they never invite him back. He just sits there, mute.
0: That's what uh, I read as well and then took away is that, you know, even family members, um, you know, didn't know him very well. There was, uh, he played, he was playing with Boston at the end of his career and um, I believe it was a cousin of his and were at the game and they sent him a Uh, a telegram to say that they'd meet him outside and he came out and said, hello, thanks. And then walked away. So, and he uh, was never married and for the most part lived alone. Nor
1: was anybody in his family. Yeah. It's kind of a weird
0: thing. It is a very weird thing.
1: And he, um, there are a lot of parts of his history that makes him seem gay, but then he's also said to be a womanizer and, uh, was, uh, always chasing skirts and stuff. There are other stories of him being somewhat pedophilic. There are just all sorts of just bizarre stories about it.
0: Well, do you think the, the baseball espionage in Japan is the most fascinating to me? Um, was that an idea that came to Moberg? Or... To
1: Moberg, completely. He did all... Now, other people... I mean, he was hired by the OSS, uh, which became CIA. We, we know this. How
0: did that connection get made? How did the he and the OSS well, link up?
1: I'm not certain, but he comes back with all these movie tone films are the only films of Asia that we have uh, that the United States has. I mean, they were used, and I know he went to uh, he tried to sell them, uh, you know, a, a couple of times. How uh, I somebody with that kind of linguistic ability is going to be valuable in a spy service? Absolutely. I mean, and. Uh, you know, just as uh, we know, the CIA today uh, is drools over anybody who can speak Farsi, you know. Uh, yeah. So, I, um, and I, somebody that could speak both, it could pass for being Japanese and uh, German. A pass for a Jew, pass for being German in front of Hitler. You know, uh, he's got to be somewhat valuable.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you, you know, in this day and age with, you know, all the technology and the, there's cameras everywhere and satellites up in space that can see down to the thread count on you, your and I's shirts here, um, you might never see anything like that ever again. And, and you know, do you think that, there, that, that, that that could ever happen in reverse? Like if we start seeing an influx of baseball players from Syria, that it might raise some eyebrows?
1: I think it would raise some eyebrows immediately if we saw uh, baseball players coming from Syria. Yeah. I would be be shocked to find one baseball player in Syria.
0: Yeah, I would too. Period.
1: Uh, period. Now, uh, but there's no getting around. Mo Berg had very unique abilities. So that kind of linguistic stuff would be invaluable in today's world as well.
0: When he... um when he is in college and, and he's majoring in languages and still playing ball, what do you think motivated him to continue to play baseball? I mean, just by the fact that he just enjoyed it? He does
1: uh, apparently love the game uh, and and loved all parts of it. They, I mean, while he loved the game, there are stories of when— he's always in the bullpen, and he'd be warming up pitchers. And the umpire would come out there and go, like, what's going on here? Because the manager had called in the pitcher five minutes ago, but Berg was in the bullpen telling a story about how the Romans different from uh, the Persians in the development of aqueducts. And uh, he's (laughs) going on and on about this, and everybody's just transfixed. And they would tell the umpire, it's just Mo talking. They go, like, okay. Um, the, uh, he, uh, he was all, he never really apparently wanted to work a real job. And, uh, I think he looked at baseball as a way of just kind of helping finance, uh, his livelihood. Um, the, uh, stories, I mean, he would spend his pastime just spending hours and hours inside of bookstores just you know uh, looking for different books and then only buying one. But uh you know, so I mean just a, a very unusual life.
0: Yeah. I, I'm surprised that there hasn't been a movie about him yet, you know, it's such a fascinating thing. And uh he's, uh his baseball cards are hanging up in uh in CIA headquarters in Langley.
1: And their uh uh their kind of trophy case as you walk in, he's right in the middle.
0: Yeah, and he's referred to as the greatest uh, spy in American history, which that's fairly impressive, um, and it, and and just fitting that it's a baseball player. It makes sense. Baseball players they do good things.
1: There you go. Yeah. um oh, by the way, you said he played in uh, Boston and New York, and he did, but he played in Washington for a long time, which had a big influence on his oss uh, connections and stuff
0: right right absolutely do you can you think of another uh baseball player in that time period that um was in on it with them i mean when Berg comes back from japan and, and 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 shows these films to the cia did is it ever been documented that a light bulb went off in langley like we need to get more more baseball players in on this and you know send them on barnstorming tours and 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 collect intel cuz this is during you know World War II or even after uh, well, that it
1: was before World War II i mean it's in the mid 30s but uh no i i don't there may have been one uh you know or two but most i mean you know i i'm looking at 1930s ball players and thinking about people like Ruth and Hornsby and whatnot. And I just don't see a whole lot of spy potential there. (laughs) There may have been, you know, yeah. Maybe, uh, all right. You know who he's often compared to in the thirties was Hank Greenberg because Hank Greenberg was such the Jewish hero. Uh, you know, this, uh, just physical specimen that hit home runs to hurt Hitler and stuff. And, uh, he but Mo Berg was kind of the opposite. Mo Berg was like, you know, he made the team, but he wasn't very good, you know. Yeah. Uh, he although you know, the all sorts of pitchers have always come to his defense, um, uh, the uh, that he was a very good catcher, but
0: yeah, uh, he follows the um, the logic that if you're going to cho- if you're not very good uh choose backup catcher you'll have a you know easily a 10 year career
1: and uh, but very few people at that time played nearly as long as as he did unless they were very good
0: yeah. you know uh did and, any did his life as the spy um filter into his life as the professional baseball player in America you know did baseball teams know
1: oh uh, when did, all when team, did, all teams and people and life magazine you know, and all of these things always suspected that he was a spy uh, his when he was on information, please, and he doesn 't answer these questions uh on the third show that uh that are just kind of routine questions. you are like, why won 't you answer that you know because uh, <laughs>
0: well, if he told you he 'd have to kill you right, obviously right, yeah
1: I mean uh, but we also don 't a lot of it was. His apparently trying to make himself seem mysterious as well. He, I mean, he got into his image. Uh, The stories of him and Einstein uh, are so widely different when you hear one camp's version and you hear Mo Berg's version of the thing. You know, it was like Einstein was like, "I don't understand baseball, go away," Uh, (laughs) and uh, Mo Berg is like. You uh, like Einstein is I don't understand you. You're too intelligent for me, you know, kind of stuff. You know, <laughs> you teach me baseball, I'll teach you the theory of relativity.
0: That might be a good stage play, Einstein and Berg. Um, that could even be one name, <laughs> Einstein and Berg. Yeah, right. Um, can you think of um, any other, you know, public figures in that era, the '30s and the '40s? and, and the fifties even
1: twenties. Yeah, I mean, we're talking, you know, he's playing ball in the twenties.
0: Yeah. Um, but so a public figure in that era that had a similar, a, a, a second life, if you will, the, I mean, he is the true embodiment of, you know, uh, I don't know any espionage movie well, ever I mean, made. You
1: know, you're looking at Lindbergh who, uh, is secretly a Nazi apparently, you know, I mean, there, there were a lot of people like this, uh, Berg does somewhat escape the whole uh, McCarthy uh, um, accusations at that time when he was everywhere. I mean, you know, if you had wanted to try and pin something on Mo Berg for being tied to communists, he was around communists all the time because he's around everybody, you know. Uh, But uh, he does kind of transcend that. Uh, He's... There with uh, uh, Rosenberg and,
0: uh, 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 know. you know Gil- <laughs> yeah. Gildenkranz or yeah.
1: uh, I forgot his name. Um, the uh, I mean he's around all sorts of people, and at that time I mean you know Joe DiMaggio puts him up for a couple of nights. I mean you know he's around everybody. Yeah, uh, I and, guess
0: he wouldn't be he wouldn't be under under duress of the McCarthy era because he was, um, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't. Did, did he speak out? Was he ever publicly speaking out from his, you know, position as a as a public figure as a baseball player? No, I
1: think his, uh, no, uh, from what I understand, the only thing he tried to promote himself. Yeah, you know.
0: It, these uh, talk shows and these quiz shows that he was on, at what time were these being aired? What uh, time period? Was this during the war, after the war, before? Oh, no, before? no, no,
1: before the war. This is, uh, oh, those okay. are actually in the 20s, uh, 20s and early 30s.
0: Oh, wow. So even after that, he wow, see, I would think, now I changed, I reverse course. I would think that somebody paying attention to that would then, you know, out him as maybe thinking he was a spy for the other side. Um, right. I,
1: you know, I don't think that ever came across. You know, and all accounts, he was a sloppy spy. He left things around that indicated that he was there. You know, and stuff. He wasn't very good at it. He just had a tremendous linguistic ability. Uh, yeah. And you and I have both known people that could uh, speak several different languages and uh do it very well he could apparently pass himself off uh as being from these different countries uh the people we know that uh speak multiple languages weren't getting degrees in linguistics at the Sorbonne you
0: know uh yeah. so. this is true when his playing career ended what did he uh what, what was his main um uh passion pursuit if you will for a living post-playing baseball? Uh,
1: being a bum. He lived with his brother for like 17 years, and then I think he spent the last eight years with his sister after she after his brother eventually evicted him from his house. <laughs> uh, he uh, liked spending time in Boston more than any other city because he said it uh, was the most European city in the United States, whereas he would get work in Washington. Uh, in Boston, uh, the the setup was more European, and that's where he would rather have been. He uh, uh, kind of was a European uh, Europhile uh,
0: at heart. You did say he was a coach for a while, though. Uh,
1: he did coach. Uh, I mean, eventually, Cronin couldn't rationalize keeping him on the team anymore, and... Uh, to Cronin, I mean he went from Washington to Boston because of Cronin, and uh Cronin was a very superstitious person, we know this, and Cronin also liked to associate with people that were outside of the baseball kind of circle, even though cronin wasn 't he was just a good old boy ball player, you know from day one, but uh if this was his attraction to Berg, who was certainly outside of the normal I mean even Casey Stingle said that Berg was the most unusual player ever to put on a uniform. If Casey Stingle is saying that that's probably true <laughs> uh, and uh and, and that's with uh Eddie Gandalf and a lot of people um, but the uh Whatever Cronin's reasons for keeping around, if he was a good luck charm or if he just liked associating, Cronin was also the one that made him a manager. Uh, yet I'm not—I made him a coach, but as a coach, then he wasn't allowed to coach the top pitching prospects of the Red Sox, just the ones that were kind of like down in the line. It was an unusual relationship, as uh. everything was with Berg.
0: Yeah, well, it's a fascinating. It's a really a fascinating uh, figure in American history, not just baseball history, but American history. Is uh, he you're... is he in Cooperstown? Is there anything in Cooperstown for Moe Berg? Not that I'm aware of. No, a, a baseball bat that's also a camera, perhaps. <laughs> no,
1: not that I'm aware of. No. And, and can you it think? Is 16 millimeter. Probably should. Be, except that's probably in Langley's Hall of Fame.
0: Probably, you know. And if you had to, you know, if you're really weighing the two, it's more of an honor to be. In the Hall of Fame at Langley, since there's so much fewer. Oh, I don't know, you know about that. I don't know that I'm gonna agree
1: with you here. I would rather if you ask me if I would rather be in the Langley Hall of Fame or in the Baseball Hall of Fame, that's not even a question.
0: Do you think Mo Berg felt that way though?
1: Oh, I do. I think he had uh everything he always says about baseball is in a real respectful kind of purest kind of way even though he apparently never wanted to start <laughs>
0: <laughs> well um so if uh you'd like to know more about moberg there's um in addition to the catcher was a spy there's a uh, few other books about him and an espn classic uh documentary about his life so definitely a, a very fascinating great story that comes from within the game of baseball so uh, one last thing in this Era, like say in the last 13 years, 30 years, what ball player is as fascinating to you as Mo Berg is? Or, or the most fascinating just of the last 30 years in this kind of context, you know?
1: As an uh, an individual outside of baseball that uh, yeah. has, okay. Exactly. Uh, I can say for certain that it's not Jim Bunning- republican senator for kentucky <laughs> um the um gosh I, I i don't i would have to think about that um yeah the, uh I, per, right off you say last 30 years
0: yeah kind of the mo- quote unquote modern contemporary era well, if you will. the
1: last 30 years does not include Clemeny. Clemeny would be in there if we went Further than 30 years. True. Although uh, Clemente
0: was, um, you know, uh, very much <laughs> open, whereas Mo Berg was not, you know.
1: The, um, And then and I guess, after that, there there are several uh, of the old Negro League players. I mean, yeah. there couldn't have been anybody more interesting in baseball history than Satchel Page, you know. And, yeah, I'd and, have to
0: agree with that so well, all right well thank you all for listening uh, again I want to talk about uh, our proud sponsor bees bistro um here in atlanta georgia or sandy springs georgia just north of atlanta if you live in atlanta uh, like we do come check them out at 6010 sandy springs circle and if you're vintown visiting maybe a pirates fan right now <laughs> watching the game um go check them out um coach thank you very much is, Thank you, Tucker. You're welcome. Coming in the third, rounding and going home. This is the Bases. We'll see you next week. Good night. Good night.